What goes on in a head like hers? I guess we'll never know. Hey, Crazy Hat, what goes on in your head? And a new adventure begins. Hey, losers. You're listening to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith. And today we're talking about Girl Meets World episode 10, Girl Meets Crazy Hat. And season 1, episode 16 of Boy Meets World, Risky Business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so we uh, we really enjoyed this week's Girl Meets World, but before we get into it, we have a couple of quick topics that we wanted to talk about. So one thing that we were thinking about from last week with Girl Meets 1961 is the fact that Maya doesn't really care about history, and yet she's wearing a Rolling Stones t-shirt. And so that got me thinking about the whole idea of Maya as a classic rock fan, and the fact that she consistently wears Pink Floyd shirts, you know, Beatles shirts, all these things. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they don't actually reference it beyond the fact that she's wearing that clothing. How do you feel about that? I really think that they do... She needs to say something. She needs to have, like, an iPod on and, like, someone's like, what are you listening to? And she says that or something. Something yeah. that can be very casual, but makes it so she doesn't look like a poser. Oh, Maya, you're such a poser. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, well, because I actually really like the idea of her liking classic rock. And if she is a poser, I'm okay with that, too, but I'd like it to be pointed out. Because both ways could fit her character. Yeah. If they... Did it, you know, right. It could show an insecurity of hers, and that would yeah. be kind well, of interesting. Because right now it comes off like, oh, I want to seem rebellious, I want to seem like... It's the like, trendy yeah. thing. It's like, it's like you go to the store and you get the t-shirts that they have on display, whether mm -hmm. you know what the bands are not. You say, oh, a cool band t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it really kind of exemplifies the fact that we've been told multiple times throughout the show that she's the bad girl. Right. And she literally has done nothing bad. Right. She, in the yeah. pilot, she did something bad, and that's literally it. Like, I mean, she stole a locket, but I don't consider that a bad. It was from the Lost and Found, yeah. too, so... <laughs> so, nothing... She's, in fact, she's been a very good friend. She's very mature. She helps her friends through things. No, no mailboxes have been defiled. <laughs> yeah, the only bad girl thing is that she's not very good at school. She wants to do well at school. Yeah, they like, don't even yeah. really show that often. Yeah. My other topic... We could be party girls. <laughs> My other topic is on Cloris Leachman, who played the Ukrainian bakery owner. And Keith, you found this out. Yeah, I was looking up online and it showed that she was only in one episode. And I was wondering why they would choose to have her only in one episode. And when the episode she was in, the whole point was it was supposed to be like a small community like bakery where it would seem that you would know the owner yeah. and see the owner multiple times. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, like, a huge part of why they want to save it is that Augie loves this bakery owner. Right, because, yeah. you know, that play between those two characters, how can you set that whole thing up and then yeah. not have her ever again? Well, the thing is, really weird is, A, you could just have cast someone who wasn't Cloris Leakman so you could have them back, or B, you could have just made her the owner and not made such a huge deal out of her. It could have just been, like, a hangout they go to when she was there that one episode or something. You didn't have to be, they buy it. Because like, of her. Yeah, yeah, like, especially because, I, I might be wrong about this, so don't quote me on it, that I could have sworn the writer said that in season two they're thinking about a new hangout. So what? Just like, oh yeah, what was all that set up for? Yeah, they, you yeah. Know, they bought half the thing and they're just not going to see it again? Like, what's yeah. gonna They're going to turn it into a pudding shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The no. second hangout better be a pudding well, shop. I, and I was talking with someone on Twitter about it, they're like, I guess, like, bakeries just aren't the cool hangouts the tweens go to anymore, so they don't want to Oh, really? <laughs> you mean, you mean they just figured that out? <laughs> 
don't know. I always hung out with Ukrainian with bakeries. All yeah, time. that's where we hung out. <laughs> Getting into this week's Girl Meets World episode, Girl Meets Crazy Hat. I think we all really enjoyed it. What, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? So I had a lot of fun. There were so many laughs and it was pretty consistent except for the Augie storyline. You know, it flowed really well. There were a couple awkward transitions but that didn't really bring it down for me, and I thought the episode was really charming in a lot of ways. There was a lot of good interaction between the characters, and so if I were to agree, I, I think I'd give it an A minus. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot too. It was solid, minus the Augie scenes, which always a little bit of trouble getting through them. They're just way too long. But it was solid otherwise, and I liked the uh, sort of the lesson of it. It was an endearing episode. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I agree with you. I, I I think we all have pretty much decided now that we don't like it when Aki gets his own specific plotline, especially when they just pair him up with Topanga. So those scenes been really hard for me. The, the, his, his opening scene worked for me a little bit more than the other ones when Ava came in and stuff. Overall, the episode, I think, was, was pretty solid. You know, some good laughs throughout, and um, the overall message made a lot of sense. And they really used the whole class in a way that was nicer. We got a lot more Farkle, a lot more Lucas, and... The extras came in and had more of a part, which we'll get into more. Yeah, great, um, great use of the extras, yeah. not great, just in the classroom. Great use of Lulu. Yeah, so I enjoyed Jackie Harry a lot as the guest star. There are I have a lot of nitpicks in this episode, and I'm trying to like not let them get at me. But things like the fact that Jackie Harry was playing a different character from who we previously seen her be before. Things like the characters not really having water on them, even though they've been in the rain. <laughs> just weird logic things like. There's a fact that it really bothered me that they just, like, stopped the Belgium thing completely and just went off into something that doesn't even have to do with history. What is Corey hoping they learn here? I don't really know. And Well, there's, there's the history of what you do impacts everybody else. That's the only history that matters to That's have. the future. <laughs> yeah, so I guess some weird, like, little loggy gaps here and there. But overall, I think I was a lot happier with a lot of the characters. I think Far- I really liked Farkle in this episode. Pretty solid. I'd probably give it a B plus too. Before we get in depth with the episode, we're going to talk about this Boy Meets World episode, Risky Business, where Corey has a similar thing to what happened with Riley, where we have competing businesses. They have a class assignment where they're supposed to invest this fake money in various different things, and they, as a class, go up and present how they're tracking and whoever you know is doing the best wins. Minkus and Topanga, who are paired together, are in the lead. As Corey and Sean have yet to begin with their flat line, as they report, they have made no losses. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't fired anybody. Yep. <laughs> so then it moves on that Minkus is kind of taunting them, and then he bets them that why don't we take $10 and invest it in any way we want, and let's see who makes the most money. And so we don't actually know what Minkus went off and did, but Corey and Sean bet it on a horse. Yeah, we're left to assume he actually did something with stock. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I assumed. We just never got to like see that side, but that's yeah. not important. And they end up making $99 off the horse. So then it kind of spirals, and Corey's like, I can risk everything. Risking is amazing. You get great rewards. And so he just kind of it goes, was actually the a bigger really the good... risk, the bigger the reward. Yeah. It was a really good parallel to his and Riley's um, personalities, yeah. I think, because he was talking about how he's not a risk taker in so many yeah. things. And the bowling ball thing really really made me think of Riley. Where, um... Don't stick your head in the ball return? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something I actually, I totally think this entire storyline could have just been done on, on Girl Meets World. Every beat of it would have worked. Right. Including the parent stuff could have worked with Corey and Topanga. Because it could have been Augie that got lost. Yeah, literally, ev- literally everything could have... I mean, not that I want a clone, but... Yeah, so the idea here is eventually he takes a risk that's too far. He risks his sister's safety by leaving her behind alone. He has he to was... go get baseball cards signed. 
and he was supposed to be babysitting her, and his mom actually said, I'll take a risk on you. When he leaves her home alone, she accidentally breaks a window, and he runs to the treehouse, and he comes back and thinks he's missing, and he gets freaked out, and then realizes that he risked too much, but you shouldn't risk something that you can't stand losing. Something you can't afford to lose. Yeah, yeah I actually, and the moment that he finds her, he just hugs her, and like, she's like crying because she thought that she did the really bad thing and she's gonna get in trouble, but he doesn't care about any of that, and he's just happy to see her again. And that was a really endearing moment, and I was thinking like, when are we gonna see something like that with Augie and Riley? We've seen like them sort of have like, actually, talks. That makes me think of something. When are we going to see that with Corey and Riley? So the thing is, he's being a parent right there, right? Mm. Where he's like, the parent doesn't care about what happened, but is just happy the person's safe. When are yeah. we going to see something well, like that? Well, I mean, you can call that also being a sibling. An older yeah, sibling. no, my point is that that totally parallels to parenting and that we right. aren't seeing him do that as a parent now. Mm-hmm. That's because Riley hasn't really done anything yeah. dangerous or had her own significant drama yet. Yeah. That sentimental moment, I just, like, yeah, we haven't gotten that a lot except for, like, between friends, and not even in the same way where, like, you're just, nothing in the world matters except their safety, basically. Where he's gonna take the fall for the window. Yeah. And so, you know, so usually when you think about storylines like that, you think it has to go, like, super mature, right? But they manage to get that sort of mature idea and a right. more simple package. It's, it's very immediate. It's the window's broken. Yeah. Where's my sister? Run out. Hey, Mr. Feeney, why? Something horrible happened. He said, no, she's in the treehouse. Yeah. It was like a 30-second scene, and it had, like, a big impact. Well, we watched it at one point by the speed, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Feeney, where's, where's my head? <laughs> <laughs> so I really like the message of this episode. Obviously, it's, so they went in a very different direction. The only real comparison between these two episodes is that it's, like, businesses battling each other. But it isn't really about risk-taking this Chromates World episode. But I do really like the message they conveyed in this Boyman's World episode. I think they had a lot of great humor along the way. I think the biggest thing, the biggest parallel is that when you only focus about the profit, you lose sight of what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Which is in both. Yeah. So, what else do you want to say about Boyman's World that you want to go on? Let's take on the world, Dan. So Girl Meets Crazy Hat starts off with, we're in the subway, Maya and Riley are looking over at Crazy Hat Lady, and Riley's wondering, what goes on in Crazy Hat Lady's head? So, right off the bat, I have an issue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, Tell us, Dan. Yeah. No, just, okay, I mean, I'm getting to get this off and then be done with it, but just, the fact that we haven't seen the subway since the pilot, A, is weird because they made such a big deal out of it in the pilot. And so that means the last time we saw the subway, we saw the subway lady played by Jackie Harry, who is not Crazy Hat Lady. No, she didn't have a hat on at all. Yeah, well, also they, like, didn't call her Crazy Hat Lady. She was obviously coming from work in that episode. So, like... And not as a managerial thing, as, as like, an everyday person. Yeah, she said, like, she's had a long day at work or something. I'm okay with the idea of them using an actor in multiple roles. Obviously, Boy Meets World did that, too. But if it's literally the next time you see her is in the same setting, and she's playing a different... It seems like if... If she had been, like, a teacher or something, I could have dealt with it better. But it's like we're back at the subway, and it's just, like, another lady spewing things to these two girls. She even talks about, like, oh, you guys seem like good friends, blah, 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 which is exactly power of love. That, like, <laughs> so it's just, like, it's a little too close, but then not the same, and yeah. it really bothers me. I think, I really think it was, like, they were trying to try out a character. Yeah. It didn't stick, so they reinvented it, because they wanted that actress. Yeah. And I, I like Jackie Harry, and I like this new character. So I'll get it, I'm done now, but I needed to say that. I mean, maybe she'll come back with how the episode ended. 
Yeah, I could see her coming back, especially because like, they seem to like that actress as a whole yeah. new character. <laughs> <laughs> now, if that became a thing, that would be interesting. That I could do. Yeah. You got to really ride with it, I think. Well, it's like how the writers, the writers joked about if they brought Morgan in, switching the actress every scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I really liked this intro scene. I thought there were a lot of funny moments. I liked the green garbage bag ponchos, and I liked. When she got picked up and put in the trash and, like, the story that came right before that yeah. of that happening before. That worked really well. I really liked that sort of dynamic between the two. What was it you said about her? That when she got picked up, she looked like a... Oh, yeah, she looked like a kitten that got picked up by the nape of the neck. Which her <laughs> arms, like, kind of, like, stuck out and, like, <laughs> and froze. A sprawling kitten is <laughs> yeah. what you said, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really fun. I thought the cop was a little muck. Yeah, his but, voice was, like, weirdly stereotypical to something that's not even a stereotype anymore. Yeah, but I did like her calling him a copper. Yeah. Like, that yeah. reminds me of the slammer. She that's Officer Copper to you! <laughs> she has all these, like, by calling the thing the slammer, she has, like, these <laughs> old phrases that I enjoy. One thing that was weird was the fact that the whole scene is them getting out of the rain when none of them show any visible signs of being wet or having been out in the rain, including Sabrina not wearing yeah. the green poncho. Yeah. Also, just to backpedal a little bit, I like when Riley says, I wonder what goes on in a, in a head like hers or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, I guess we'll never know. And Maya's like, hey, crazy hat, what goes on in your head? And Riley's like, and a new adventure begins. And I just, I don't know, that's just a really good, like, theme, I guess. I, I See, now, I love that we get to see that Maya is, like, brazen. So, like, she might not be a bad girl, but she, like... She's blunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I really like that about her personality. Yeah. So yeah, despite like quirks like this and like not really liking the cop overall, everybody had little things that were good. Like I liked his line about the banana and the way uh, Maya reacted to it. I thought that all worked really well. And so there were some definitely good things throughout the scene. And also the guy that gave Riley a dollar because he thought she was homeless. Yeah. When she puts out her hand as she's talking and then yeah. goes yeah. the dollar. <laughs> that was good. So scene two, we get into the classroom and Corey is talking about Belgium and Riley is not having it. She needs to talk about her personal life. God damn it. This is class. Belgium, 1831. <laughs> no. Yes. So I really, okay. So the scene uh, is good in that it acknowledges the ridiculousness of them making it about them every episode, but it's still making it about them every episode and completely changing the topic. Yeah, to even something. more so. Yeah. yeah. Riley says, what's my thing, dad? And he's like, okay, Riley, listen to me. Belgium, 1831. <laughs> yeah, so, he's trying so hard. I well, he's trying at least a little bit. Well, this is, at least, this is the first nugget of a time where he like was slightly firm with her and was trying, and then he immediately flip-flops. He the pushes other. back just yeah. enough to make himself yeah. as more of a And I do like at least that throughout the scene, Farkle is like trying to get it back on track, which is not very Farkle-like. If you think about it, he likes right. to make yeah, Farkle time, but he's trying to get his the class to be what it's supposed to this be. This is true. We also have Riley and Maya freaking out about their futures, and they don't know what's going to happen to them, and Corey's just like, I just saw you girls at breakfast, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so I will say that, to me, the Riley being like, what am I good at thing felt like a little bit out of nowhere, but I did, I thought it was interesting that Maya was talking about how, like, Riley was her meal ticket, and... Because it sort of reminded me of the Eskimo thing and the fact that, like, you can't always be there to help them. You have to let them do some stuff on their own. So I feel like that was seeding things where later Maya can't always just rely on Riley and we can have some sort of stories with that. That's interesting. I'd, yeah. I'd like yeah, to I see didn't that. pick up on that. that was, that's good. 
So I'm going to say that this is probably my most positive Farkle episode. Mm. So you get to hear me be slightly more positive, <laughs> yeah. people. Isn't that great? And this is because he was sort of new. Like, he wasn't like, I didn't like him, but he was bad in a good way. His, I think Corey Fogelmanis' acting was the, also the better. The character was more believable, even if you yeah. weren't supposed to side with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's And it I mean. wasn't, the thing was, he was learning the lesson. Too. This is the first episode where he's he's being wrong, and by the end of the episode, he's like shown to be wrong. Right, you as opposed I mean? to just let slide. Yeah. Exactly. Also, I thought Lucas was struggling a bit more. Not not uh, not the actor, like the or, character. I don't think the character he had faced challenges. Yes, yes, thank you. Right for the first time, he actually... was questioning himself a right. little. Yeah. So I, I thought that was good. It was a step in the right direction. Yeah. Also, I like that Farkle was speaking Dutch and Spanish. That was amazing, and then he kept. <laughs> I, I don't know about it. the slapping. Himself, it went a little. Okay, he didn't have to slap himself. Yeah, I think I get they, it. they removed one of those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it went. It went a little too long, but I, I do. I'll, I guess appreciate the fact that they keep using subtitles in a TV show. The yeah, problem yeah, is when they did the subtitles, there was like the channel text over it, so we couldn't even read yeah. it. Anyways. Oh yeah, there was like an advertisement. <laughs> so that there was like the Disney Channel, this whatever. Yeah. What are you doing, Disney? <laughs> Then Corey decides to switch over the lesson plan and give the uh, the class a little project, if you will, a little business proposition. That has nothing to do with history. Yeah. Nothing to do with history. I have to constantly be reminded he's a history teacher, which I okay. guess is... Okay, so what was Feeney in season one? <laughs> oh, what was Feeney? Okay. What was he teaching? You know what? history. Fair enough. So yeah, so the exact same, he's, he's doing a business thing in his episode. I feel like Actually, was he history? Or maybe he was just... Okay, here's general. the thing, is Feeney was history, English... Well, okay, season one, they're in... Sixth grade. Yeah, so like, it, teaching is a little different in sixth grade. Right. That's true. Uh... Especially because they're not, like, in middle school. They're, like, in a weird elementary school. They might just have a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Feeney was a bunch of things. All right. Yeah. I'm going to stop harsh on Corey. And season one, we're led to believe that Mr. Feeney is just the teacher, like a grade school teacher. Yeah, well, because he teaches them Shakespeare and stuff, too. Right. So then season <laughs> two, he is actually teaching a subject. Yeah. I think my biggest thing is, like, with Feeney, they didn't at least start with saying, I am this teacher, whereas Corey is the history teacher, and he says it all the time. Which it has to because it's high school. Yeah. Well, you know my... It's middle middle school. Middle school, so... Uh, But you know what my bigger issue is, I think? And so, for one thing, I I probably would have had issues with these things with Boy Meets World if I was watching them at this age. Right. But, (laughs) But I guess my bigger issue is that I always felt like when Feeney went off on a different direction... It was because he was in control, and he had a master plan, and he, he right. knew what he wanted to do with this side story, and he knew that it was going to pay off, right? Yeah. Corey's just winging it. Corey's just doing whatever, at the, and it feels like he's he's being pushed around. He's subject to the whims of his daughter. Yeah, it feels like his, his daughter, like, he even, like, they make a joke about, like, oh, I wish, he, like, he even says that, kind of. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see him pushed around by his daughter every Maybe episode. he was just confused when he was younger, and he was like, Mr. Feeney does whatever he wants, like, all the time, and he yeah. didn't, like, realize it. And I, I know that they, I forget what episode it is, but there's one episode coming up where it's about him becoming a better teacher. And I hope so. <laughs> I want I'm that ready, guys. <laughs> Come on, Corey. Yeah. So he, uh, Corey splits the class up into groups. What that really means is he splits the four main characters up into groups. We have Farco and Riley, mm-hmm. and we have Lucas and Maya. And then we have the rest of the class who work for... They're the employees. They're split up. In, Except yeah. they end up being the customers. Yeah, but, so they, but supposedly the rest of the class works for all of them. 
But what we really see is they're supposed to work for just Farkle and Riley. Well, also, what and is then working just, for mean? Exactly. And then they just happen to be the consumers <laughs> for just Farkle and Riley. And that's never really explained, but not a huge issue. You know what? At least they said, and the rest of you guys. Yes. (laughs) I'll give them credit for that. Right. It's one of the things we mentioned earlier on in different episodes is there's the little things they can just include the extras in. And I think they did a great way uh, did that because they actually included a lot of extras and they had lines and different scenarios that they otherwise we haven't seen thus far yeah. from extras. And so we should say the difference between these two businesses. So it comes up because uh, Farkle is this like stonk, like consumerist. Money, 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 money. Yeah. And I really like that side of it. I think that's, that's fun. Cash. Um, God, ca- cheese. Yeah. Like, what, what was it? The cash, cabbage, cheddar cheese. Yeah. Yes, that was it. Yeah, so I like that. So then he's with Riley and then uh, Lucas is being Lucas. And he is sort of like the idealist, the like, like, we have to like treat these people well and we have to treat our employees well. It's all about bringing joy to people. And Maya's like, oh, I guess I'm stuck with him. And so then they go off and do their muffin business. So then we have to start the B plot with Augie and Topanga. And like we've said a million times, these two are not at their best when they're alone together. But I do like this opening scene better than the later scene we get with Ava. I think there's a little bit of charm here. Maybe a little bit. I wasn't big on it at all, really. Like, he, so he says, like, he wants the money, and Topanga is kind of condescending, and she's like, here's a nickel, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, is this a joke? And I'm like, Augie, you're five. Like, you get a cent for every year until you do something with your life. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he needs it to buy something, and Topanga thinks it's for her birthday. Yeah, if you're this money... <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you're if this you're... money, you get this many. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I, I mean, I at least like the sneakiness of it. It felt sort of. I don't know if he was s- being sneaky or not, or if there was just a lack of communication. No, I think he knew. I think he knew that she thought it was for her. Oh, okay. See, see, I like that like sort of mischievous thing because that feels Boy Meets World to me, and we don't get a whole lot of that on Girl Meets World. So I like that like trickery thing. I also just think it's weird that they mention that Topanga's birthday, but Corey and Riley don't seem to interact with her or care. Acknowledge, yeah, acknowledge her birthday at all in this episode. Yeah. Which actually it does remind me of something from the Boy Meets World episode we watched and just how the sto- side storyline with the parents was very subtle and really just came in like it was seeds were planted early on but it came right. in at the end. It didn't distract, it yeah. only added. It was like a it was more like a like a C plot. And we like that with we had like two C plots with the little Eric thing and the little thing with the parents and i liked that that it wasn't like taking up multiple scenes really i wouldn't even yeah. call the eric thing a c-plot at all yeah. i would just call that like a weird like walk-in couple lines yeah cameo yeah maybe. Yeah. yeah i guess but either way topango's really excited that she thinks that she's gonna get a present for her birthday from aki so he's 200 times worth what she originally yeah. thought which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> yeah. um and which i also it's too bad we don't get a payoff here with him like actually being a decent son and getting her something small at the end, you know? Yeah. I feel like Boy Meets World, Boy World with the little the one rose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're out in the hallway. They're selling muffins. You got two tables set up across the room from each other. Uh, Farkle and Riley. They got a whole big line. Everybody's so excited. We got Maya and Lucas on the other side. Not doing as well. Yeah, so this is where we first get the extras getting lines because they're really excited about Farkle's white muffins. Um, <laughs> That's a great band name. <laughs> yes, White muffins. Um, and we get the extra story to talk. So we get we get a line from Sarah, Sabrina's sister, and we get a line from our favorite extra, Lulu. <laughs> That's how we're calling we're calling her Lulu, the blonde girl. 
And mm-hmm. uh, the give, Bongo with the best facial expressions. I'll give you my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to say that two things about their, I don't know, I want to call it a bake sale. A, it's a lot easier for them to have a bake sale in their school than it ever was for me. It was really hard for me, at, like, especially in high school. Like, it was, they would not let you set up tables. Yeah. Um, because I, when I was on the volleyball team, we tr- kept trying, like, every term to have a bake sale. And well, just, that's because like, they changed the rules. Halfway through when we were going to school, oh, yeah, there, there was something to do with something slightly legal issues. Yeah. Well, but they, they always so let could... two of the clubs have well, them. Well, that's the thing. You could not have a bake sale, but if you were an ethnic club, yeah. like the Armenian club or whatever, you could have a cultural stuff. like event. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. Because it was a whole thing about like, you can't, like selling things, you don't know how, how they were made their hands or whatever right. that made people sick and Well, stuff. when they did eventually let us have one my senior year, you had to write down the ingredients, which transitions to how the heck did no one know that those were pure sugar? Farkle should have had to tell <laughs> Someone. I think that you're supposed to allegedly believe that the consumer knew that, and that's why they wanted it, yeah. I think. Or, I mean, I can see a 7th grader being like, it's a white muffin. Look how exciting it looks. The great white muffin. <laughs> why are 12-year-olds like the great white muffin? <laughs> it's shiny, I don't know. But the whole point is that Maya and Lucas are just sitting there being like, we have nice muffins too, and nobody well, wants hey their guys. nice muffins. <laughs> We're real people too. So also in this scene, we get hints that Farkle is getting worse and worse with, and power hungry yeah. with this business and project. And controlling and not very nice to Riley. I also think it's interesting that at, for a school project, they're using real money. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that at first, but, like, people are waving dollar bills in their face. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Is this really a school project, or is this just a random whim? Yeah. So now we're back in the classroom, and we're getting reports on their profits, how things are going. Yeah. Right now it's Maya and Lucas, and... Uh, Lucas is talking about how they really cared about, you know, making good muffins, and his mom provided all the money for the muffins, and they had to yeah. be, like, organic Mama's muffins. Boy. Um, and Maya's they... like, it's no fair. Yeah. What that that you know you did everything right and you get no reward. No, I wanted to be on their team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they like... sounded like a married couple. They on it. Yeah. Like, in a lot of these parts, like this, like like I said in our reaction video, I feel like this episode is really good for Maya Lucas. An interesting yeah. uh, thing about this scene is because we were talking about the extras being used a lot better in this episode. In this scene, through the window of the classroom, you can see teachers interacting. In the hallway. Yeah. Which is great because we haven't really seen teachers. We haven't really mm. seen extras doing a whole lot in the background. But in this episode, we have a whole lot of that, which is great. Yeah. So I, I thought the whole Lucas Maya interaction was really interesting because Lucas, in a lot of ways, is a similar character to Riley in the goody goodiness. And it like bothers Maya a lot more with Lucas than it does with Riley. Right, because at least Riley is kind of malleable. Yeah. Yeah. But so I also just like the idea that so we've up until now we've seen Lucas as like a very conservative character with like his very like old fashioned morals and religion and everything and how this is short, sort of showing a more like hippie hipster you know yuppie attitude with the organic <laughs> thing and I think that's an interesting different facet to it. I like the idea that we like that, that he went to his house and like dealt with his family. I kind of <laughs> wish we saw that. That would have been yeah, great. But I also yeah. like the enigma of it. Yeah. I mean. There's a lot to be said about that exchange where yeah. it's all explained and it all comes yeah. out in the classroom. And I, I like the build of that larger world that there are things happening that we're not right. seeing. Except it would have been really interesting for them to go there and then, like, as a side thing, Lucas's mom was like, I like this girl. <laughs> 
I don't know if I need that. I need it. I also I I don't think I don't think her mom would like Maya. She'd probably think he was she was a bad influence on him. She's a god fearing (laughs) church going woman. So one weird thing I did notice was they mentioned that they bought a hundred muffins and they're into his mother for a hundred dollars and they're selling the muffins for a dollar each, which means there's no possible way that they could make a profit. Yeah. If they sold every muffin, they would break even. <laughs> and just generally, the mechanics... So the biggest issue that I have with this episode is just the mechanics of this project and how it doesn't work. Because it's like, you have to put in real money, your own money, into this project. You could just completely fail. Like, they do fail. So then they're out a hundred bucks. And that's, yeah. like, crazy. And it's like, if you're like... Well, the other thing is, I think you're supposed to have made the muffins, or they went to a, a bakery yeah, and bought them. Yeah, but even made... but you still have to pay for the ingredients. No, I know, but for obviously that. less. Yeah, making a hundred muffins—that's still a significant amount of money. I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also, yeah, it just bothers me because what if Maya was paired with someone who couldn't afford it? And we know that Maya wouldn't have been able to afford it. So then you have two kids who can't do a project because of money. So then we have the amazing uh, throwing of the muffin back at Maya's head and the bloop. Uh, whatever the plunk or whatever. It I is. liked that bloop a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the sound, the over-the-top sound effects. Even later on, when they throw the muffin at the uh, at the extra. At she Lulu. like catches it and it's like. Yeah, it's like a potato. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. So then Farkle's like, step aside. Let me show you a real business, basically. And he gets up there with Riley, who he's trying to outshine and push out, and with all of his capitalistic ideals. And... You sound like so communist right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, really like, I am successful. He keeps making fun of Lucas, and he's like, yeah, well, how much money did you make? How much money? You know, he keeps like making him say, oh, we oh my have god, no Lucas was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then the, it's revealed that he has these like uh, almost pure sugar muffins, and that everybody's no, like I think shaking. They're, they're literally supposed to be pressed sugar. Yeah, I I, I know that that's what it was like. No, no, literally, I, well, but... on the second time we were watching it, I looked. It actually is, like, granular. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. And so uh, it's really, it's all sugar, and all the extras are, like, freaking out about it. Yeah, Corey's like, what's in them? Riley's like, love. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, I don't think that's what's in them. <laughs> yeah, so then we get, again, we get great lines from our, our favorite extra. Lulu. Yeah. She needed a fix. Yeah. So we're supposed to well, awesome that she got lines. Can we yeah. please find out who the actress is? Yes. yes. I need to know. No one will tell me. It's maybe... still not online. Every yeah. I've looked online so many times. If we times. look at the IMDb for this episode, maybe tomorrow. That's a good say. idea. That is a maybe. good idea. Yeah. yeah. Because specifically, this episode, he had lines. How can yeah. she not be yeah. coded? They'll probably put it up on IMDb. That's also, probably. actually, if we went on the episode, we'd probably find it. Uh, one of these great lines that Lulu had was... Riley pulls out, like, one of the last muffins or whatever, and Lulu's like, are you going to eat that? If you're not going to eat that, I'll eat that. Do you want to eat that? Yeah. And she's, like, freaking out, and she's so jittery. Yeah. No, they picked the perfect extra to do these, like, super intense lines because she's always so biggy and everything. Yeah. So that was great. Um, and I'm just so happy that she wasn't, like, after all the buildup of her funny faces, that once she finally got lines, that she was good with right. it. Right. She yeah. was exactly what we hoped yeah, for. Yeah, it would have yeah. been a really big letdown if she had been terrible. No, but I, I, I do believe that she's exactly what we were hoping she would be. Yeah. We have Farkle up at the front of the room making his presentation. You got Maya and Lucas off to the side having this little side conversation, or Maya's expression, it's not fair. You know, she had to spend the whole day with Lucas and his mom talking about good eating, a wholesome living, and a natural cornucopia of the Earth's bounty. And then he's like, that's not how I talk. And Maya gets all up in his face and she says, her, her. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, And that's also a great little uh, Leia moment there, too, in that little interaction. Ship, 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 ship. (laughs) 
So I don't actually ship them, but I You understand. don't? You don't ship them? Well, okay, if I don't get my Raya, which I don't think I will, <laughs> <laughs> then yes, I do ship them. Okay. Riley is, like, pretty upset about this reveal that it's all sugar and that they're bad and they don't have integrity like yeah. the other team. And she, Maya's she like... The, the team to be, you know, yeah. some morals to it. Yeah. So whereas Maya's like, I don't care about the integrity, I just want the profit. And so... Farkle sees this as an opportunity to get both. He wants both the reputation and the money. So he wants to do a merger here. Yeah, he wants Lucas to be the face of the company because he's, you know, the trustworthy, you know, happy-go-lucky Texas kid, you know. So this is the point where, to me, the class project of it all goes really off the rails to the point where I don't understand what the assignment does. Right, why do they care this much yeah, about like, it? like, why would you let it be a merger? What does it mean for Riley's grade on this assignment that he gets fired? Like, what is... Mm-hmm. Does, does Corey care that his daughter is being fired? Like, he could stop that from being a possible thing. He could right. say, we can't have mergers. Like, it... Is the, is there, also, should the assignment just be done now? Like, what point... Uh, <laughs> That's like they, true. They're presenting, so, like... I don't get it. I think at this point, it's implied that they had put money into it and they're actually getting money out of it. Yeah. So Farkle is legitimately interested in actually having it as a small business. Yeah. Business. So if you're saying it's a legitimate business, I don't understand the Lucas being the face of the business thing because he's like telling the master plan to the customers. Because it's not like they're going to have an actual, like, everybody in the class is the customers and they know that it's sugar. So what does Lucas being there do? Yeah, it's all, I, it I doesn't, mean, I mean, it's, it's all semantics. Yeah. You know, it, it just gets a little bit too kooky for my liking, but it, I mean, it gets to a good place later on, so I'll, I'll let it go. But then we, so we have Farkle making Lucas fire Riley, which is kind of the first negative thing. Yeah, yeah it's the power play of, you know, Lucas is in a hundred bucks for his mom. So he needs to, you know, pay her back yeah. by the sugar. <laughs> yeah, so and this is the first crisis of conscience for him, kind of. And it's interesting also because Farkle is now... He only once acknowledged the fact that he likes Maya and Riley in this episode, and now he's pushing them out. Yeah. So I liked Farkle here in this whole episode because he's positioned as a villainous character who learns a lesson. So as, as opposed to putting him in this, like crazy i'm in love role where he doesn't learn not to do that behavior he's being legitimately the antagonist who fires our protagonist yeah i guess so if he pushes the girls away oh you got you little girls go play over there let the men do the business which obviously i think is feeding into this you know the capitalist fat cat thing it goes around the sexism of that you know yeah yeah, they get rid of... I mean, he doesn't get rid of... Does he tell them to get rid of Maya? I'm trying to yeah, he does. does. He says get rid of... Like, he he tells Lucas to get rid of both of the girls. But Maya walks out before he has the chance because she's like, I'm, you know, going with Riley. Yeah. And personally, I like that the whole thing that Lucas actually goes through with it, but I do wish something like that had been given a little bit more time. Right. You like... Because um, he says, you know, my my integrity is not for sale. Yeah. And, you know, mine is. And yeah, then, if the... Okay, I'm going. Yeah. If the episode was timed a little better, we could have had, like, Farkle tell Lucas privately to fire them and Lucas struggle with it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of... I actually... To me... But then end up doing it anyways. No, but I, I don't know if I want to see that because I feel like I've seen things like that before enough times. I haven't seen Lucas struggle at all. No, really. no, I mean that type of... That plot line. In, in a show yeah. that uh. you have this deliberation of a character to turn against his friends for some reason or another. And, and then he doesn't and blah. Or does. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah. care. I, I, I actually like the one I, I guess I agree with you. I just feel like... Once he's done it, it could have had a little bit more weight of him like feeling bad about it and apologizing or right. something later yeah. on. Yeah, because he's back. just like because Riley. Yeah. Gotta talk to you. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> yeah. It's 
it's not you, it's me. <laughs> but you're great. It's not you, it's Farkle. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're fired. I'm just like super busy. <laughs> Alright, so then we get to Augie part two. And uh, Revenge not... of the Bad Writing. Yes. <laughs> so, this is basically the same scene from Sneak Attack, where basically Ava comes, Tapani doesn't like her, and they keep kicks her yeah. out but even more painful if that's possible and much longer yeah that, that's um, why that's part of why it's more painful so okay so somebody on twitter asked us i said something about like oh ava's coming back hopefully i like her more this time which did and not happen so, so they go but isn't the point that you're not supposed to like ava and that is the point she's not supposed to be a likable right character. but you're supposed to like the scene and yeah. that's a and big difference. I, are you supposed to like Ava with Augie, even though Topanga doesn't? I don't know. I yeah. don't think so. The thing is, it's, you should relish, like, you should, like, if a villain is good, you should be excited to see that villain, like, cause mayhem. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, and instead, you're just like, this is an annoying character. Yeah. This who... is excruciating. When is this going to end? Are we really still watching the yeah. same scene? They should, they yeah. should maybe, they should annoy the character in the scene, but they shouldn't annoy the viewer. Watching. Right. That's a, yes. Yeah. That's... I, yeah. I agree yeah. with you, and I think that would make a world of a difference if they could figure out how to do that. Well, it's just like, also, like, the Gromit Smackle, we had the whole conflict. The whole conflict was that he was upset about Ava. And how do we have any stakes in this relationship if she's, like, a person we don't want to see? The problem like, is, how do you have any stakes, period, when they're five between five-year-olds? Well, you don't, you don't have high stakes, but if they were... If they were like a sweet relationship, I could be like, oh, I like them to get, they have good, you could have chemistry between two five-year-olds. You don't have to, you know, like, you could have comedic chemistry, you could have cute chemistry. And I think that that's possible, but not not, not when you're positioning her in this antagonistic place where you're like, it would be better for Augie and everyone involved if Ava was gone. Mm-hmm. Especially, so, so the scene ends, right? And the message sort of ties in with the greater message of the episode, where it's about like, He's like, now I don't have any more money for yeah, my who allowance. Who will love me now? Yeah. yeah. Who will love me? And she's like, it's the people who like care about you no matter what money you have that are like really important and you shouldn't care about money, right? Mm-hmm. So that like, to me, that's like, okay, shouldn't see Ava again, but yeah. we're going to. Like, so it's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Oh, what was the thing? thing is yeah, right? backwards is still yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just, it's like, we don't, he doesn't learn any lesson, really, and it does, I do like that it ties into the greater message. Um, I agree, though, yeah. I agree, though, that this would have been a good point for Topanga to, like, teach Augie a real-world lesson, and, like, you know what, these kind of people aren't the people you need in your life. Yeah, but I also feel like this is the kind of lesson that goes over the heads of people that are five years old. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but... Okay, but getting, and I, I will say more about the lesson and how this connects when we get to the end of the full episode, but... Moving on to the subway. Box of shame. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Riley's very upset. She put her whole life into this job. And by life, I mean the last, like, five days. (laughs) Just got fired from my fake job. So upset. So they run into Crazy Hat. And, uh... She's got a big meeting she's got to run off to. But not before giving a a nice talk to her dollies. Is that what she calls them? Yeah, she calls them her dollies. (laughs) Yeah, so I like... I mean, I love Jackie Harry's performance throughout this whole episode. And I think she, I liked her more than I liked her in the pilot. So as Crazy Head gets up to go and leave, Riley goes up and gives her the dollar that she was presented to somebody thought she was homeless. You know, Riley and Maya still thinking that Crazy Head is a homeless bum on a bench, as uh, Maya so eloquently yeah. puts. <laughs> um, and so then she sits down and is like, I don't got my dollar. What am I going to do for my ap- mid-afternoon snack? 
<laughs> and Maya's like rummaging through the trash. Like, they're taking this being fired really seriously. <laughs> and she's like, I got pizza crust and a shoe. What size? Ten. What a terrible day. That is a great. I love that line. The whole sequence. Yeah, great. they have amazing chemistry together in all sorts of scenes. They're just so good together. They play mm-hmm. off really well. Cut over to like a couple minutes later in the subway or a couple hours later. And we have more good extras sort of coming in and interacting nicely. And they're soaking wet from the rain, which I think I appreciated that. But it also sort of highlighted the fact, again, that for some reason, because of the magical aura of Disney, um, <laughs> Riley and Maya are completely okay. Well, their hair is so nice, they can't ruin it. <laughs> Those ponchos, it doesn't matter if they cover your head, you're not getting wet. I mean, I'll admit that they're that like I feel like their hair is like slightly out of place. It's frizzy. Yeah, but it's their clothes are fine. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but we have some really funny lines here. We have the, so Crazy Eye comes back in and she's talking about her meeting and how she like controlled everybody with her rah rah. And then uh, Riley is like trying to like pep talk Maya to like go back to school. Um, and she's just like, crazy, if Crazy Hat can do it, we can do it. And then she, like, copies Crazy Hat, and she's like, rah, rah, and Maya's like, rah, and Crazy Hat's like, that's terrible, like, get some, like, pep in you, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought that was that whole, basically all the scenes between the three of them worked really solidly. Yeah, yeah they had really yeah. interesting and good chemistry. I, I, and I definitely like to see Crazy Hat again. As the same character or the new one? As the same character. <laughs> And so Crazy Hat's lesson is kind of like, look at the people. If you look at the people and what they need, like, that'll yeah. make you happy. Do things for people. Yeah, this is, this is like, some legitimate good business advice and, like, yeah, see, and see what need is out there. So, yeah, so they're looking at everybody and seeing what the need is out there, and they're seeing people coming in wet and stuff. And I totally thought that they, they had, were planting earlier the trash bag thing, and they yeah, were going like, to start selling the trash bag. Same. Yeah. yeah. That was, like, a fashion thing. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was so sort of, right? they came up with a similar idea. So we get into the classroom scene, and they're presenting this new business idea it's a non-profit one matthew hart umbrella foundation we got you covered that was great i really love that i do too it was really sweet and adorable yes uh cannot believe it's non-profit what's the point of that (laughs) an investor appears evelyn comes in they go Oh no, she followed us. Yes. And still thinking that she's Crazy Hat Lady, yeah. when she... Corey reveals to us that she's actually Evelyn Rand. Who has a building. And so, yeah, so what do you guys think about this? Like, do you care about the silliness of obviously she wasn't, like, a homeless person? No, I like it. Because like... it also has, like, an underlining meaning of, like, you know, the don't judge a book by its cover yeah. thing. But they don't get overtly into that like that could have been the whole theme of the episode and it could have like been really like hit you over the head like way too much but i like the subtlety of it yeah so evelyn's explaining that she's got this big building and they're like do you want to know why the building got named after me because i know a good idea when i see one and that's when she gives them the check yeah so she's gonna invest in their umbrella idea which is basically like you come you bring an umbrella you leave an umbrella so that people in the subway can like leave and come and go the whole infrastructure in the subway that's all donated umbrellas that, you know, it's all, like, pass it forward, which yeah. is echoed by the doll that Evelyn takes out, presumably the same one that Riley gave her, giving it to Farkle and telling him to pass it on after she kind of threatens him a little bit. So, yeah, we get this great that. line with, which one is the Farkle? <laughs> and he's kind of, like, sort of cowering away. And so, yeah, he gets a lesson here that it's not all about the money that you, you, know, you try to, like, pay it forward kind yeah, of thing. Coming pass from on this, the dollar. Yeah, yeah. but co- so uh, this lesson about not all the money... From the successful business person, which yeah. is important for Farkle to actually listen to. Yeah. Because otherwise he wouldn't. That you can have success without belittling people and manipulating them. Okay, so what do you guys think about this overall message? Because, so, I, see, we have the 
you know, it's not all about the money. We have the making a nonprofit in the end. I don't like, I, obviously like the nonprofit is nice and obviously you should try to help people and all that stuff too. But do you agree with all the sort of anti-profit ideas and uh, so, because especially we don't end up with a nice company in the end. We end up with a nonprofit. So I don't think it's necessarily about anti-profit. I think it's just about that when you think about profit, you, how quickly you can go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I think that's okay. And I think the main strength of this episode is not necessarily the moral, though I do think it's nice and it works in well. Yeah. I think it's the integration of the moral with the humor and the dynamicism of the whole episode, which I think they've done pretty successfully here. I think yeah. the biggest thing is, like, don't lose yourself and, like, don't be overwhelmed in the moment. Yeah. So we get a little bit of a resolution to the opening problem. Because the opening problem is... Riley goes, I don't want to end up like this person. What if I, like, I'm never successful? What if I, you know, am not good at anything? And so we do get that resolution there where the successful person comes and is like, you guys have nothing to worry about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, don't about, worry about your future, especially because yeah. they're 12 years old. Yeah, and you have good ideas and you're going to go places. Sort of yeah, thing. As long as your heart's in the right place, it all works out is basically yeah. what it's all about. So as Maya and Riley are explaining their new nonprofit. Lucas gets to thinking in his chair and he walks up and he approaches Riley that he wants to now help out in this business and he feels bad about what he's done. So he's, this is a moment for him to redeem himself from yeah. his moments with Farkle. Yeah. And so um, we have this sort of interesting thing. It's, it's new for the show um, in that Riley actually does something negative towards Lucas on purpose. And so she, um, she's like, she whispers her instructions to Maya and Maya fires Lucas. Yeah. Um, and he walks out, he's like, I deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was great. I love that. I love that. That's a little bit like they're actually, to me, that's like a sign that they're becoming like actually friends. And it's not just like, he's on this pedestal of this beautiful guy that I want. Mm-hmm. You know? So I like that. And then we have this, this nice little thing where they walk away with the umbrella. That was a really nice and, like, I think artistic shot. That was cool. Yeah. And I like that we, like, saw them. I've always enjoyed that in the classroom you can see the lockers outside right. through the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we, we see them turn the corner yeah. and then we're in the classroom and we see them walking through. Yeah, it's really, really, it's cool. really interesting. Yeah. All right, so then we transition to, like, a very nice, very un-Girl Meets World uh, montage ending. Uh, with this really cool music. Yeah, and it like, feels more like a How I Met Your Mother ending, where the music comes in, you yeah. got all these kind of things resolving themselves, kind of very yeah. All we needed was swimmingly. a yellow umbrella. Yeah, <laughs> we have plenty of ones to choose from. Yeah. Might, might, one might as well yellow. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I liked all the different extras go, coming and going, and, like, obviously, like, the cheesiness of it all, but, like, people coming together. I and... also just really liked the song. I want to find out what that song is. Yeah. Their work all paid off, and the crazy hat's all like, yeah, it, it all turned out right. Like, he's wearing a new hat because she'd given, given Maya her old crazy hat. Passing it <laughs> <Yeah>. along. Maya's <laughs> the new crazy hat. It's interesting because from the promotional photos, it made it seem like that was, like, an important part of the episode yeah. was that Maya was wearing this crazy hat. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it only was, like, for three seconds in one scene yeah. at the end <laughs> that it was ever even on her head. It was and a then, nice symbolism. And then she wasn't even wearing it again. Yeah. I, I will say, I... So next week, we go to her house. I really want that hat to be, like, on a shelf somewhere. Oh, just, like... Oh, that would be nice. Cameo. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. All right, so that pretty much ties up the episode, and it has a really nice ending. I really, I mean, there's a lot of really yeah, solid it things on this episode. Yeah, definitely. I think I would definitely say it's the best episode since the hiatus, since we've come back from the hiatus. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so mail time. 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 
Okay, our first tweet of the week is from Queen of Rider. They say, I thought it was a really great episode. It made me think of Boy Meets World Season 1 episode, Risky Business, at times. We thought so, too. <laughs> um, also, I think I love Riley and Maya's friendship even more now. But for Augie's storyline episode, I didn't like it that much. We understand. Join the club. <laughs> they pretty much agreed with us on everything. Nice. Yeah. No, they must have listened to the podcast before we did it. <laughs> crazy how that works they must take a future class <laughs> so at looney underscore tunes writes in this week do maya and riley just have carte blank to come in and go from class as they please i know it's a nitpick but it happens a little too much it's okay for it to happen once in a while that they just like leave the class because they're upset about something but it's happening like a lot of times it's become a trope that yeah. i i'm not sure is indulged in that fact, yeah. it's kind of not explained like well, that. Well, the thing is, so, okay, so from the very beginning, Caitlin has talked about how in the real world you would never have your father as your teacher. And, like, I'm okay this with... This is one of the problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm okay with it, but except that they, like, revel in it. Like, you can still, like, have him be her, her dad and, and have it be okay because he's still a firm teacher and treats her like everybody else. But instead... They show why it's a problem. Yeah, like, this show is a really good example. If you ever want to make a case for why parents shouldn't be a teacher, here's why. Yeah, exactly. uh, like, this whole episode was Riley taking over the classroom because Fargo's even like, your daughter shouldn't yeah. run the class. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but it's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen every episode. So get used to it now. I feel like that was just a warning for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> At Looney underscore tunes also writes in, I'm glad the Jackie cameo paid off instead of her being just the subway argument commentator. Yeah, so I think we all agree that we like Jackie a lot more here. I don't know if by payoff you mean you think you thought that she was still playing the same character and this was paying it off, or if you're just saying you're glad that they brought her back into her, a better role, but, you know, either way. At JeremyPape93 tweeted in, I enjoyed it. I found myself laughing more than usual. Love the twist, even though it was painstakingly obvious. <laughs> so I don't even know if it was supposed to be hidden or what, or if it was supposed to be, like, dramatic irony that we could figure it out. And That's what I took it as, yeah. and um, I didn't think it was, like, that bad that it was obvious. I thought it was fun. Well, the thing to me was it was painstakingly obvious because I had, like, read the episode description, and the episode description is they discover something that they would never have expected about this person they thought was blah, you know? And like, the promo photos show her in the end at, at the classroom. Yeah. So then we get a series of cheats from Nikki One Kendra. They say, uh, the episode felt like Boy Meets World's risky business, and Farkle just annoyed me in this episode. Also, I felt like Riley was a recurring character, which I don't really know what she means by that. Maybe she meant not the protagonist, I don't know. Uh, we need more Topanga in the episode, uh, not just a couple, three, like three seconds of her, uh, but she's happy that there's no Corpanga. Um, the, he thought the subplot was better than the main plot. So, basically, we don't agree with you at all. <laughs> Sorry. Well, but, I uh, say we agree that it was, like, risky business. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, we we really didn't like the subplot. We thought the main plot was pretty solid. I like that Farkle was a different, a different side of Farkle in this episode. And I think that Topanga plays off yeah. of Corey a lot better than she does Augie. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, actually, this is the, the way they handled Farkle in this episode, to me, is how they should handle Ava. Because, you know, Farkle was sort of not positive character. He, like, we weren't supposed to like what he was doing. But he contributed to the scenes. Yeah. And, and, I, that Ava yeah, and I enjoyed his, like, evilness, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it worked for me. 
And it also revealed a different side of that character we'd never really seen before. Yeah. Which it also ties in nicely with the fact that his dad is like this mega businessman. Yeah, know? I feel like he definitely got a lot of his morals from his dad because when Minkus came in, he made such a big deal of like, my business is so great, I have a yeah. helicopter. And I don't know whether I prefer the like the, the subtlety of the fact that we know that or there would have been sort of nice to sort of bring in a line about his parentage. So that, that Minkus cameo came after this episode? No, well, I'm just saying, like, they could have sort of referenced back to that or something. Give some... I don't know if we wanted a line. You should have had them stand in front of a mirror and then flash back to it. <laughs> is that what you want, Dan? That is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. All I'm saying is he could have been like, my dad always told me blah. That's all I'm saying. I don't well, know. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Oh, I think oh. either way it kind of works, because yeah. I was thinking about how Minkus was very money-hungry. Yeah. I don't know, that mirror thing seems pretty cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, I wonder if they would consider doing something like that. <laughs> Alright, so um, we just kind of want to round out the episode by thanking the people that sent us reviews this past week. We got some really nice reviews from a couple people, so we want to thank Beetle DeLorean. Anna Lisa 18 who's emailed us before thank you Anna um, and we want to thank MNM5050 so thank you guys so much for your iTunes reviews we really appreciate them if you want to be awesome like them and get a shout out you can review us on iTunes by searching kids get acquainted with the internet and writing us a beautiful review also I know a few of you have tried and uh, or at least one of you has tried and it wasn't posting so if a couple of you have that issue Please let us know. I don't know what we can do about it because we don't control iTunes, but <laughs> we should at least be aware that it's an issue and see if there's something we can do about it. So that's one great way to talk to us. If you want to contact us in some other way, pretty much uh, the blog has everything. So if you don't want to have to remember everything, if you go to gmwpodcast.wordpress.com, we've added a YouTube link for all of our YouTubes, which that reminds me, we have to add this week's one where we're eating muffins and have crazy hats. We, all the YouTubes are on there. Also, there's a link to our Twitter, at GMW Podcast. Also, there's a contact us thing, so you can go right and send us an email right from there, or you can email us at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so as we close out, we just want to mention next week is the Halloween episode, Girl Meets World of Terror. Super excited. We always love a good Halloween episode. Yep, so Ooh. I have high expectations on this one. And it's on Thursday, because they're doing like a big Halloween extravaganza. They're switching it up. Yeah. It's Monstoberfest. Get ready. <laughs> yep, so um, I pretty early for Halloween, but... We'll make hopefully, it Halloween month somehow. Hopefully they're doing October that. October is Halloween, please. Yeah. <laughs> I am pumped for Halloween. Hopefully they're doing that to make room for all the great Halloween decoms they got in the vaults. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully they actually show the good ones, the old ones. Oh my god, I'm so happy if they'll show Phantom of the Megaplex. I'm, t- I'm talking under wraps. I'm talking <laughs> don't look under the bed. We're talking Halloween town. The first one. I like Maybe the second I one. I like the second one. Nothing after the second right, one. I understand that. I haven't seen the fourth one, though. Yeah, don't. Uh, you don't need to. She's in we're college. Talking, we're uh... talking Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. <laughs> we're talking all the Hocus good stuff. Hocus Pocus. Hocus okay. Pocus every day. Yeah. Hocus Pocus all day, every day. <laughs> all right. Every day. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. And we have a lot of cool plans, both for this coming episode to do some fun little video stuff. But then we also have uh, bigger plans coming on actually Halloween Day, which we'll find out later. Which we'll uh, find out later. <laughs> which you'll see when it happens. Um, Get or ready. Here. See you or yes. here. Um, all right. So I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. And as always, dream. Try. Do good. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.